Welcome to Team Futurism. Today, I'm joined by Devin Carson, and we're going to be talking about this Vox article and video that came out last month, and it was titled, Why Everything You Buy Is Worse Now. And it it was this article and this video, I, I only skimmed the article, watched the video, and it, it started out with this, this woman who um, bought this bra that she said that she bought the same bra a year ago and it was like, you know, fit great, worked really well, blah, 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 bought it, you know, a new, a newer version of it. And it fell apart within a couple of months, some, something like this. And then that led into this discussion of like, why is everything so shitty these days where you, you buy a new thing, you just kind of expect its shelf life to be like definitely not what it used to be. I've gone through this a little bit recently with kind of buying appliances where, yeah. you know, it kind of just kind of seems like things just don't last that long anymore. But interestingly, Matt Iglesias, you know, he used to be with, with Vox, one of the founders. Um, he has a podcast that's called Bad Takes, which I, I do recommend. It's a little annoying, but I, I do recommend it. Um, he came on to his podcast calling this view a bad take. And he had a lot to say that was like very convincing. And, you know, I'm like a, you know, futurist and I'm into like the idea that things are getting better. So he did kind of rebut this view a little bit. And I am kind of like more on his side. I know that you and I, Devin, have talked about this in the past quite a bit. And you're very staunchly on the side of like, yeah, everything's <laughs> getting worse. <laughs> and so I think that we can have kind of a fun back and forth today about this particular topic. Just to lay out the, the side about like things getting better, medicine is significantly better than it ever has been before. You can talk about food being, you know, 100 years ago, we thought that we were going to be depleted of food. Now we have an abundance of food. Uh, technology, I mean, the very first iPhone was literal garbage compared to what you have now. It was kind of like a glorified uh, music device that also made phone calls. Now you almost basically don't need any sort of computer because your your iPhone does everything. And it kind of does last pretty long, you know, barring like space issues and, and battery issues. The, the device itself does last a long time. We could rattle off like tons and tons and tons of examples, but I kind of want to hear your take about why you think that things are getting worse. And I want to I want to hear that view. Yeah, I want to just start off by saying that Matthew Iglesias sounds like a fucking Skeksy from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> I was like, I could only listen to like a quarter of the podcast you sent me because it's like it like literally has this cadence of like ah, 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 ah. I know. You know, I actually kind of I've grown to like his voice weirdly <laughs> because he was on uh, the first time I heard his voice I think it was actually when he was on Joe Rogan and he starts out like everything he says is like well and then, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like you know that's not the voice of someone who like is necessarily authoritative on any you know what I mean but but then I I tend to like what he says actually man. He's you know? He's provocative. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good example. I uh, I do like what he says, and I like his writing for the most part. I don't always agree with him. But, uh, no, yeah, I his do. voice is actually, silly. Oh, man, he's got one of those manufactured, like, it was, like, uh, you know, like, grown in a Petri dish specifically for, like, NPR and, like, you know, podcasting and shit, like, the cadence and everything. The cadence, uh, yeah. But, uh, uh Yes. Okay. That, that I got that off my chest. Um, the, uh, the stuff getting worse. I'll take one example that I'll take two examples actually that you just gave. 
One would be food being better. It is more abundant, but it's lower quality, inarguably. I think anybody that's ever grown their own food kind of has a sense of how nutrient dense food is when it's grown in soil that you take care of. And that has a regenerative, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're focused on growing the food, if you're not just like plopping it in the garden and growing it, um, it's nutrient dense, it's darker, it's more flavorful. It's almost impossible to find food that has that level of quality anywhere, whether it's a supermarket or a Whole Foods or almost anywhere, it's hard to find food that has real rich nutrient dense quality to it. There's more of it so they can feed more of us, but I think it's like, we're in a weird kind of Upton Sinclair, the jungle, you know, esque period, light, maybe light, because they're not putting sawdust in the sausages, but they're putting sawdust in the fucking uh, shredded cheese. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, you know what I mean? They're putting, they're, they are putting weird shit in the food, weird inedible shit in the food where there was a golden era, you know, well, there's been many, I, I guess, where people are eating whole foods that are unadulterated. Um, that I think is, an, is, it is harder to find good food it, and it's more expensive to find good high quality food. Yeah. So this food is a good one because I think that it has the appropriate level of nuance where you could really, you could yeah. argue it both ways and have a fun conversation, yep. you know, cause this especially, I like how you said that there was the, like the golden time or, or however you phrase that, where I think that there was this golden time. Um, I don't know exactly when it might've been, but, but in, in America where, uh, probably post World War II, when we did yeah. have start to have this abundance, but like there was, there there wasn't like inedible shit in all your food at the grocery store. It was a short span of time. For yeah, sure short span of time. If, if you go around. too far back, all of a sudden, yeah. all you're eating is grain, and maybe the one yeah. time you can slaughter a cow. That's your right. whole diet is like the right. one grain you can farm, and you know <laughs> what I mean. And maybe a carrot twice a year, and that was for yeah. hundreds of thousands of years of human history or whatever. You know, I mean, hundreds or thousands. Unless you live in the Mediterranean, right? Like, unless you live in a place where the where culturally you know, you're eating a lot of things that grow off of the land and you're using your livestock to make mostly milks and cheeses and then meat maybe a couple times a year. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah, I mean, Native Americans in this country lived a pretty brutal lifestyle, at least in California, where they're eating a lot of fucking acorns. (laughs) I think that there were historically, yeah. (laughs) I think that there were historically only like these I don't know, five to seven pockets of civilization where they were able to really grow an abundance of food that was uh, diverse. And so this is like Indonesia. Um, a couple of places like this where, you know, on, on the, the island of Java is interesting. It has like um, some of the most amazing soil in the world to this day. And it's because they have all these volcanoes. That whole island is just populated by this string of volcanoes that makes the soil insanely rich. So they can grow so much there so quickly. Right kind of all year round. That's like rare in human history. I mean, Mesopotamia is another area that, that did pretty well with, with all the rivers yep. and everything and, and the, the sunshine. But, you know, again, coming into like the modern age, we had this, we did have this time where food was relatively inexpensive and you could yep. get your vegetables that wasn't full of pesticides. And I mean, you know, also meat was cheap and you, you could really have a, a, a great diet at that point. We also yep. at the same time back then didn't really know too much about food science. And right. so, you know, there, there was Which a lot ironic. of information. 
Which yeah. is ironic, right? Because, you know, not knowing a lot about food science, but most people are eating whole unadulterated foods. And then science it worms its way into, into food culture, into food manufacturing. And we find ourselves now being confronted with a grocery store that's full of a lot of petroleum byproducts, Yeah, you know, full of a lot of strange filling agents that aren't necessarily nutritionally valuable or, you know, are arguably toxic you know? And, uh, yeah, I find that interesting that we moved into that period where we're like, okay, well, we understand more about what we should and shouldn't put in our bodies. Now we also understand more about how to hide, you know, industrial byproducts in food mm -hmm. and how to feed people yeah. things, how to engineer flavors, how to engineer all of these different ways to make people more satisfied with their eating experience and less nutritionally, you know, fortified by the food there, there are some things i love about this some things i hate so for example a thing that i hate is that apparently chicken right now we have a million chickens it's so easy and fairly cheap to get a get chicken right but apparently it has less of the good nutrients the good protein than it did 20 30 years ago um sure. but like at the other at the same time on the other end of this i do love how there is this this wealth of scientific knowledge that goes into the flavor profile of literally anything. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, Malcolm Gladwell has written about why Heinz ketchup is so amazing and right. why everyone uses it. And it's because it went through just like a plethora, like tons and tons and tons of user testing and on. And it's like the perfect formula. You cannot improve upon it. It is fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So, so like, and that times, you know, every product on the, uh, the shelves of the grocery store, I want to get your take on, I think we're in a dark time right now with with food because you know we lost touch with this golden time. We now have the ability to get really healthy food. You just have to be kind of rich or live in the right community in order to to get it. Do you think yep. that we're ever going to do this right so that we have that we do have the knowledge, we do technically have I don't know, at least in America the farmland to get really good food. Are we ever going to like for the masses get healthy food or know. is it just going to get worse and worse and worse so that we all have diabetes and we can't, we literally can't help having diabetes. I don't know, man. It's really rough because as a person that's really focused on where my food comes from and a person that's grown food for myself before, uh, it's pretty bleak in terms of, I mean, I can go and get nutrient dense produce from a farmer's market near me. It's a little more expensive legitimately, but the food is actually more filling. It's more nutritionally fortifying. I like it. It ends up being weirdly cheaper than going to the grocery store, even though maybe a bunch of carrots is like $3 instead of like a dollar for a bag of carrots or something like that. There, It's more satiating. The food is, is more important to my kind of biome. Um, the difficult part about that is that even though you have this big movement of people moving towards health and exercise, I think Instagram weirdly has been a, an amazing driver of this, that you see a lot of people getting fit. You know, you see a lot of people getting fit. You see a lot of people focusing more on there's all these little recipes on TikTok and on Instagram. People want to make these cool recipes for themselves, fucking avocado pancakes or whatever the fuck. And, uh, people are gravitating towards this, but the, the problem is systemic. The problem is that even when you're buying organically grown produce, anytime you're buying any kind of produce that's grown at scale, you're most likely not dealing with a person that has any real grip 
or a company that has any real grip on soil science and what's happening in the soil that then lends its nutrients to the food that they're growing. So even the stuff that's organic, the shit that you're getting from Whole Foods is being grown in soil that's being systematically depleted. And all of the, the corn and the soy all the monocrop agriculture that we have that that grows the filling agents that end up in our crackers and in all the things that are in Safeway, you know, or at Food for Less, all the packaged foods, all of that stuff is not only devoid of the nutrients that a corn plant or a soybean plant would have if it was grown in regenerative soil, they're also a limited amount of harvest where those plants are even going to be able to grow at all in that soil anymore because it's not being regeneratively taken care of. It's basically, you know, you, you grow, you harvest, and then you dump a, a mountain of white powder onto that field. You till that white powder in, and that gives those plants just enough nutrient to make it through another cycle. And the, 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 the health and the biome of the soil, both nutrient-wise, mycelium, all the things that are important to grow good, nutrient-dense food, that is a niche. It's a niche culture right now. And if we had a moment where, I mean, goddamn, I mean, 10 years ago, the slow food movement was really people were getting it. You know, Food Inc., there was a bunch of documentaries that were trying to illuminate you know, the, 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 the awfulness of factory farming and, uh, with animals and also kind of illuminating how important it is to have regenerative agriculture when it comes to growing vegetables. I don't know that that really took hold as much as I wanted to see it take hold. I don't know that that's a part of the zeitgeist of the public consciousness around food. See, I think it is just a little bit in the sense that it used to be like grassroots movement and like hippie culture. Now it's kind of just uh, like yeah. general culture. Now it's just kind of That's like, true. oh, mm -hmm. Whole Foods, you know, and even if Whole Foods mm -hmm. isn't mm -hmm. actually the best place in the world, mm -hmm. it's so normal nowadays. Whereas right. it used to be like, oh, the hippie store. Now it's like, oh, You're Whole Foods, so right. owned by Amazon, you know. When we were growing up, when you, I mean, funny, the co-op in our town in Sacramento, right? Man, what a what a what a watering hole for weirdos, man. Like you go to that place and you're it's like you know, it's like the mom that only feeds her kids like almonds. It's the guy that's covered in like sores that has like a full cart of yogurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I live down the street from it. Now it's the most normal place of all time. It's basically yeah. Safeway without like all the homeless problems. <laughs> but otherwise yeah. it's super normal. Well, yeah. I want to I want to move off of food a little bit. I mean, my, I guess my radical prediction is just that, like, I think that 100 years ago, the food, you know, the mechanisms to to create food in the world were so much different than they are now. 100 years from now, I think that there's going to be a lot of vertical farming happening. Yep. A lot of just weird things we can't even predict right now. And I think that technology is going to drive that to some degree. I do also kind of think, I mean, to channel uh, Peter Zion, I think things are going to be really weird in, in some parts of the world that they can, can't like access fertilizer anymore because of certain wars yeah. happening or, or, or globalism kind of breaking down in certain areas. Yeah. Things are going to get really weird, but like we're kind of lucky we live in, you know, I mean, one, California, where there's, there's so much vegetables just grown in our backyard. And then two, America, yeah. where we have like the world's, I mean, some of the world's like best farmland, bar none. And just it's yeah. huge, just swaths of land that can, can be farmed. 
anyway, I don't know. There, there definitely is a lot to say there, but those are kind of like my my radical predictions. <laughs> uh, it's getting better. It's in a. It's a. It's it got worse. It got yes, worse, yeah. but it's getting better. I think that's my that's my uh, that's my final word on food, whether it's getting better or worse. Can I can I just say, I I need to I need to air this grievance. Yeah. That I'm a contractor, and let's I want to pivot to tools. Yes. Because I just real quick I gotta say the way that the way that they're doing the bait and switch with tools now, and I think I've I've heard this echoed in the podcast um with the woman that was looking for the bra that that bought a new bra like you know a year later same company same place and it was shittier quality i think there's like a real bait and switch going on right now and i think that a lot of companies have internalized this model where they're like at least for me i go to home depot and i'll use a specific example i have a, a milwaukee flip knife it's just a knife that you flip open it's got a razor blade in it about five years ago i bought one and i gave one to my mom I bought two and she still has hers and I lost mine as happens. And I've had to buy a bunch since then. And when I go back to visit her and I, and I hold that original flip knife in my hand, it's one of the nicest tools I've ever bought. It's amazing. It's, it's fully, every part of it is steel or some kind of metal, the case, the mechanisms, it's bulletproof. It's been rusted over and de-rusted. I mean, this thing is like, really 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 a nice piece of of it's a nice tool and it was only 10 12 bucks 15 bucks maybe at the most now when i go to buy that same tool the entire body is plastic and it's more expensive and and i watched it happen piece by piece with this tool i watched it become i watched the metal case get replaced with plastic case i watched the flipping mechanism get replaced with a plastic one now the ones that i have there's no metal piece besides the clip that goes on my belt. And I really, and I see this happen with all of the tools that I buy, where they'll come out with a really nice tool or a really nice case for something or something that's really, really high build quality for pretty cheap. It's a Coke dealer fucking, it's a, it's a, it's a Coke dealer mentality where they're like, yeah, man, just, just take a little sniff, you know what I mean? And, and they get you hooked on their brand and their product. And then they slowly start kind of like, you know, shrinkflating it. They start cutting the quality down and inching the price up until five years late. But they try to do it at a rate where you don't notice, where there is no discrete line between like, oh, I went today, or I went a week ago and it was a nice one and now it's a shitty one. It's like piece by piece, they just make it a little cheaper, a little cheaper here, a little cheaper there. And then by the time you're five years later, you're using a tool that is basically a piece of shit and it costs you a couple bucks more. Um, yeah, I think, me nuts. I do think that this is a real phenomenon. Uh, and I'm, for a little while, I worked at Indiegogo and I worked with some like entrepreneur folks who like they designed a product and then they had a build over in China. They would actually like go over to the factories in China. And the thing is they you would select the materials that you want. And then these, these workers would just put it together. But, uh, right. and yeah, I could, I could so see it happening, how you would start out with like, cause you, you can choose like which fabric would you like, right? right. Um, and you can, here's 100 different types of fabric that you can choose for the bag you're making or whatever it is. I could imagine that you start out like the first like line of a of hundred or 500 of these, you do, oh, let's, let's go like, you know, that product. Let's that make them nice. 
And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and and then like I could see if, if they all sell out and you need them quickly and you need, you know, just like oh, let's just go that fabric for these. Yeah. It would be so easy to do that, right? It'd be the the, yeah. the whole thing is like their setup. Just be like, oh, let's let's do that fabric for for this this line of this product, that sort of thing. And yeah, if you're GE or some company like this, um, why would like at some level like you're you're in the business to make money? Like why would you yeah. not do that? I think when the, when companies are producing things at scale, when you're at the point where you're like, okay, let's introduce this product, let's get people into it, and then somebody comes to you and is like, hey, if we replace this all steel body with an ABS plastic body, over five million units, we're gonna save, you know, millions of dollars or however hundreds of thousands of dollars over these five million units and that's going to reduce our bottom line this much there's people in every company whose job it is to over to to look over those numbers and say hey if we just make this little teeny cut to quality nobody will even notice it'll still you know it'll still basically hold up the same then we're going to save this much money on production that lowers our bottom line profits go up and I think that has to be, I mean, I've never sat in like a meeting of that type, but that's gotta be something that goes into it. Just the kind of bare capitalist kind of. I think that we also, again, this, just like with food, that there was this golden period that kind of was when we were children, I think, without being nostalgic about it. But uh, you know how like back in the, I don't know, the fifties or whatever, you hear about how a refrigerator costs like a year salary or some, something like that, you know, right. and, like two people in town had a refrigerator, that sort right. of a thing. That was like significantly worse that was by far and that refrigerator maybe a lot lasted a long time but maybe didn't but i I guarantee it also sucked up a fuck ton of energy right yeah and probably was super inefficient nowadays a refrigerator like you can just kind of like buy one or get one used for like you know on craigslist for almost like next to nothing at, at at the same time and all products nowadays they're significantly more energy efficient than they used to be which is kind of a big deal and I do think that, like, even with the quality going down, let's just say that it is writ large across any sort of product, um, companies can only take that so far before everyone, like, just, you know, consumer-driven economy, people are just going to be like, uh, this company sucks, not this product, yeah. but this company, and I'm never shopping yeah. here again. Yeah, and because of the competition, stuff. there's going to be another company that just maintains some higher quality. They're yeah. going to get, like, everybody's business. So we can we can only degrade our products so far at some level. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think yeah. you see, too, that the market is diverging in this way where it's like, now I have this mentality of, can somebody just make me a flip knife that I pay like $50 for where a flip knife should cost 15 bucks, 20 bucks for a, it should be a nice one for that much money because it's a simple piece of machinery, just a simple tool. But I'm in this mentality now of like, if somebody makes me a flip knife and I can pay $50 for it and I don't have to buy it again for 10 years, I'll pay this premium price. And you see that in the marketplace, there's a lot of people now doing that. There's a lot of people that have identified that there's this huge gap where people, where companies are reducing the quality of things over time. And they're like, okay, cool. I'm going to make the badass bulletproof version of this thing. I'm going to sell it for three times as much. It's going to be a niche. It's going to be a niche market where people are going to have to do research to find me, but there's enough people like me who are, I, I think probably kind of old school thinkers where I'm like, 
I just don't want to fucking, or maybe I'm just a dude, you know, I'm just like, I don't want to buy, I don't want to be buying shit all the time. I just want to buy this thing once and have it work for a long ass time. Yeah, Matt Iglesias talked about that in terms of clothing, where he said, like, women are more into the fast fashion thing, whereas men just want a jacket that they can wear forever. And this is interesting to me, because every time I go on Facebook and Instagram, which is not that often, but at some point, I must have, like, clicked on some clothing brands on there, like men's clothing (laughs) brands, like specialized (laughs) clothing brands, because that's all, that's the only ad that I ever see, is, like, really Mm -hmm. high-quality jackets and really high-quality boots and, and, and watches and things like this, and they're all all like these companies you've never really heard of, but you go on there, you can tell that they care about the product they're making and it's expensive, you know, it's not cheap. And you like are that a a fancy boy at heart, aren't you, Peter? I never really buy this stuff. I actually did buy a jacket uh, this year from one of the, literally from one of these companies that advertised to me. But yeah, I don't, I'm like that same, I'm that demographic where I don't buy much stuff, you know? Uh, yeah. But that is, I do love that about the modern age where like I could go to Zara you know, and get like a $50 jacket that's going to last for a year and a half. Or I could spend $200 on a jacket yeah. that was like brought to my little jacket, personal screen in my, when I was in my bedroom that I just clicked right. yes on. And then it comes <laughs> to my doorstep two days later. That's kind of radical and awesome. That's kind of radical. Oh, you little, you little, you little slut. You just wanted, <laughs> you just wanted it delivered to you. You just wanted to pop up on your screen, swipe your finger, and it's there for you. It's not what I want or not. Like it, it happens and it's convenient. And yes, that's every what, now and then I take advantage say. of it. Yeah. That's what they always say. <laughs> I didn't really want it. It just happened. Well, th- this is our segue into just the, the last little piece of this that I did want to cover on this topic, which is technology. Yeah. I think that it is kind of inarguable, whether you're talking about like medical science or, you know, like electronics, like your iPhone or your your sound system that you can get your, or your, you know, obviously TVs, like mm-hmm. everything, everything is dramatically better from when I was a kid, which is oh. not that long ago. Everything, bar nothing. A hundred, hundred percent. I mean, just think about speaker technology. You look at a speaker nowadays that is this big. It's the size of your fist. And it sounds as good as a console system from like the 70s where the speakers weighed 75 pounds and they took up like 30% of your living room. Absolutely. The only thing that maybe is a little bit interesting about this is 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 this all this technology in terms of the way we rely on it for friendships and for you know social media and accessing media at all is it you know kind of bad for us in the sense that like artists don't get paid very much for their music movie quality is maybe going down even though there's so many movies like most Netflix movies kind of guaranteed they kind of suck that sort of a thing I do think yeah. that like there's there are a lot of problems there, but I mean I just can't I can't get out of my mind that when in 2007 or 2010 around that area I read this book about the future of music when you would no longer have to buy a CD or any sort of like you would not buy an album music just streams and right. and you just click on it and it plays that I was like oh this is probably never gonna happen but. Yeah. That sounds so cool. Imagine if that yeah. were the future. Well, that is the most normal thing in the world now. And yeah. 
I mean, I can still appreciate the awesomeness of that because I remember when that wasn't the thing and when that seemed like pie in the sky. But yeah. like young kids today, young kids today, they, they won't even like appreciate the radicalness of that because like they had no idea. They have no context for what it used to be like when you like also, do you remember how expensive CDs were? I remember Dog. buying like Dr. Dre for $18, you know, oh, just a yeah. CD. You know what I mean? And when I was like in high school and $18 was a ton of money to me. I, I don't, I, it costs nothing to stream Dr. Dre or anything on Spotify, five bucks a month or whatever it is, you know? Several weeks to get uh, sync, no strings attached. Great example, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and kids these days, children, children of this era will never know the existential torment, the absolute depths of depression that you experience when your CD case is stolen, dude. That hundreds. I remember, fuck, man. I had a CD case where I was, I was so good. I, I bought the real CDs with the booklets and like, you know, paid 15, 20 bucks for them every time. Had to have been at least five, six, seven hundred dollars worth of cds in that fucking cd case and somebody would like break into your car or yep. break in or like or some somebody would steal it from you at school or some shit would happen like damn dude like all your music was gone like your soul right your, your soul, soul. Dude. your soul also do you remember, <laughs> did you ever have this experience where you you'd you'd save up you'd buy a cd you're so excited about it you take it home and you realize you got the edited version oh did that ever happen to you? And you're like, Absolutely. I can't even, I can't even listen to this because they bleep all that. Especially if it was a rap album, they bleep every other word. Oh. It's like, this is, this is literally worse. This is worse than death. Like, <laughs> they'll never know. They'll never know. But they'll yeah, never know. absolutely. That, that has been, um, that's something that's getting better. I mean, it's, it, yeah. and it's, it's a shame that artists don't get paid right now, and that you have to set yourself as a musician myself. It's challenging. You have to be a lot more creative and you have to be a lot more dedicated and you have to be a lot you have to it's a lot more challenging of a path to figure out you have to do a lot more of the thinking on your own to get to where you want to go for it but if i always think about it this way if the expense to me is that i have to be 10 times better at what i do but a hundred thousand times more people or a thousand times more people get access to the to the machinery of creativity and that's the exchange is that, you know, you hear artists of every different type, they're like, oh, we're being diluted by low level creators. And I'm like, yeah, dude, but that's a person. That's a person on a, on a journey in their life that is discovering their ability to be creative. And whether or not it's useful to the culture is not really, I mean, you know, that's a really selfish way to look at like a person's arc through life, man. Like this person is learning how to create something that's going to be valuable to them for the rest of their life. Like you're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, know? totally. And a lot of the, the, the huge music that we were force fed throughout our lives, it was so just bad. the person who got lucky with a record so deal. Bad, dude. And Limp Bizkit, 311. Eminem, 311 was I'm terrible thinking, yeah oh dude like it was, beyond it terrible it's so hard it hit yeah. so hard there's so many bands that just smashed they had millions and millions like multiple platinum records and like that music would be laughed at today yeah people would be i mean although <laughs> all you gotta do is take a trip to the middle of the country to know that that music is still alive and well my dog <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Very it's true. a back is not a joke anywhere but the coasts. 
<laughs> that that is that is very true. Uh, well, any uh, any last words on this topic? I just want to maybe sum up my thoughts, which is that I think that uh, Matt Iglesias is right that our stuff is not getting worse. By and large, across the board, technology is helping us move forward with literally almost everything with caveats all down the line. And also you gotta be a little bit rich and you gotta have a little bit of refined taste in order to not get suckered into eating food that's gonna kill you, like quote unquote yeah. food that's gonna kill you, buying yeah. clothes that aren't gonna fall apart in a month and a half. And okay. I don't know, and and uh, buying, a, buying a switch knife or whatever you're talking about that, that falls apart. You know what I mean? You gotta be a little bit discerning, but uh, I think that just part of what it is to be in the modern world is there's junk, but then there's also diamonds, you know, in the, in the thick of it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, any thoughts? Yeah. My final thought, I think, and I, maybe I've, I've come to this as we're chatting today is that the, as accessibility increases, overall quality probably decreases. Yeah, which is fair, which is a, a fair trade. That means more people get access to a moderately higher level of thing, even though the most, the highest level of that thing maybe is coming down a little bit. And then, and which I also, that's great. It, as, if people are getting more access to cooler stuff and more interesting experiences out of their daily life for a cheaper price, that's cool consumerism and, and environmentalism aside just conceptually that's awesome mm -hmm. and then the fact that we live in a capitalist semi-capitalist system where the market segments itself and diverges at important places on its own where you can go and you can buy the better thing for more expensive you know that's also great i think the only thing that's challenging about it is education and that there has to be you have to have some level of education, maybe not traditional education, school education, but you have to be, you have to educate yourself how to find those things, how to find the things that you need and how to not be suckered into eating or buying the things that are hurtful to you. We're still in a little bit of a, people are still figuring that out, but people are smart as fuck. People are going to figure that out. Yeah, totally. So I think I agree with you. And I think we're just in a little bit of a, a weird contact zone right now where we're moving into a time where people probably will by and large be more educated be making better consumer decisions be making better consumer decisions with their information you know all of that stuff maybe gonna... i'm skeptical about the information part but yeah all right <laughs> or i'm worried about that let's just say but yeah uh right. awesome hey well i think that's that's a good good place to wrap it up thanks for joining devin and until next time